up next on Inside the SCCA, Start Stand 101. On this episode of Inside the SCCA, we're going to talk about how to be a starter. It's the latest in our series, SCCA 101, where I go through all of the different specialties in all of the different programs and help people learn what they need to know to get started uh, becoming a volunteer worker with the club. And uh, joining me this evening is the Cal Club Chief of Starters, Tracy Kane. How are you doing, Tracy? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I am fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, Thank you for coming asking. in tonight to uh, share your your vast knowledge and expertise. That's uh, <laughs> that's how we we say that we're old without saying that we're old, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we start every show, and I, I start every show the same way, regardless of whether I have a driver or a club. Um, you know, someone from national or a volunteer worker, I started with the exact same question every time. How did you get mixed up in this crazy sport that we love? Okay, that goes way back. That goes back to the 80s. And that's going to show you more of my age right <laughs> there. Um, I was always taken to roundy round tracks. And so that started the love for racing right there. But then my nephew, when he came along, got into go-karting and I worked in the pits for him and ended up doing videography. All of his races, I was the one that put on camera and with either stills or video camera. And then from there, I ended up dating my husband and he was involved in Cal Club and he pulled me in in 06 was okay. when I became a member. So I've been here for quite a while. So, and then oh, go, ahead. go ahead. So say who who took you to the roundy round tracks the first time? My parents. Okay, cuz that's a story that we that's a recurring theme here. Um uh it's either I got I got pulled in usually a lot of times by dad um or or my drunk college buddies made me t- made me go to the racetrack. So that's usually that's the two themes. Um <laughs> So yeah. uh, what what it, was it your your dad that was the big roundy round fam? Yeah, my dad was and it's in the last 2 years in his passing, it's one of my favorite memories that I have that I used to do with him. Yeah. So Yeah, that's uh I think that's a lot of uh a lot of us who came up with our parents. It was my parents who got me started as well and and um some of my most fond memories of my uh, my high school youth is um, is going to the racetrack and, and learning about the sport. So, oh, yeah. um, so when you first came to the SCCA, uh, what was your what was your role? Um, when I first came in, I worked for a year in flagging. Okay, and I was I trained under Mark Smith. He was one that that trained me and showed me what all the flags mean, how to use them, and how not to use them. Um, and then I did that for about a year. And I wanted to be more involved with more of the cars and even closer to them. So I moved on to grid underneath Renee Angel and a couple of other ladies. And I did that for about three years and I still wanted something more. And that was when Joseph Panic, who many people know in SCCA, he was my mentor, him and, and oh my gosh, Ken Silva. And they brought me in to start in about 2010 was when they brought me in and they both groomed me to take over as a chief, me and um, Joe Zaretta, who moved back to Tennessee just about five years ago. And so we co-chiefed together. And then when he moved, I took it over. Okay. So I, I love it. It's, Always doing something, always having fun, but being busy, fun too. If that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I've done lots of different things in the club. I've been a driver. I was the uh a regular flagger worker bee. Uh, I I was flag chief um in New York region for a couple of years. Um, I think the only the only club position I haven't occupied. 
is um, a steward. And I suspect they'll rope me into that at some point in time. And um, I think I did one day of registration. Enough to realize that those people are sent from heaven and I'm not cut out to be a registration person. Um, <laughs> I did that in go-karting for yeah. off and on for a year. And I'm like, I'm done. I yeah. can't take it anymore. This is yours. So Well, and I did it back before there was Motorsports Reg. So there was, oh. it was all done on paper. <laughs> and I was like, That's, wow. Yeah. yeah pe- people are... No, this is not for me. So, so what, what we're going to do, um, um, at, w- w- before we get to that, what of all the things you've done, what makes you keep going back to, to, to doing start? Oh my goodness. That's a hard question. The love of it, just the love of it and being involved with a team. Not only are we start, but once we give that green flag, we're another flag position out on the track. And that just makes you feel as one body with um, FNC or flagging and communications. And being part of that team, there's a bond and you're there for one another to help each other out and to keep each other safe. And that's the whole reason for me being at the track even is that I want to help people. And if I can help keep you safe, it's all worth it. One of the things we talk about a lot um, on the show is the opportunities that our workers get because they're Mm -hmm. SCCA workers. And uh, we just had a big event here in Southern California last weekend or two weekends ago. Were you there? Oh, yeah. I was there. And were you on the start stand? I actually took myself off of the start stand this year because of a shoulder injury. Okay. So I was at pit out. But you have been on the start stand there. Um. Yeah, for the last, oh my gosh, seven years I was on the start stand. Okay, so for those who might not have guessed or haven't figured it out yet, the there I'm talking about is the Long Beach Grand Prix. So Yes. Talk to me about what it's what it was like the first time you climbed up on the start stand at the Long Beach Grand Prix. Oh my gosh, nerves like you wouldn't believe because I had three different groups to work with and I was so excited and so nervous that I was either going to mess up or drop a flag, <laughs> which knock on wood, I haven't done recently. <laughs> um, but just a rush of adrenaline to be over the cars as they come by you on that front pit, the front straight. It's just, there's no words for it. Right. And if somebody wants to get into starter, we'd love to have you. Yeah. We would love to have you with or without flagging experience. We'll take you. It's we're always looking for starters. Absolutely. So, um, and so when you do like a race like Long Beach, obviously IndyCar brings their own starters. I'm guessing IMSA brings their own starters, but there's other support races and those are the races that you do start for, right? Correct. That's the super stadium trucks, the um, the historic ones, and there was another one and I'm forgetting the name of it. I think there was, well, I don't remember this year. But there's always support series. Um, exactly. This year was historic F1. I think last year was historic F1 also. Yes. And, and there was more this year than last year. Right. Yeah. And those cars are cool as heck, aren't they? They are. They're great to see them all. Yeah. They're louder and more vibration-y than... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I just made up a word. Um, That's a good one. But, but the ground shakes when they go past you, and it must be even more when you're standing above them in a start stand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So share with me like one starter start stand story. I mean, I'm sure you've got a ton. Oh my gosh. Um I got two actually okay, that give me stick two. out in my mind. Give me both. Um one of them was uh, trying to think. Stadium trucks. Love them to pieces. And they have two jumps coming to the start stand. And in between those jumps, there's a bridge that goes across. Well, if you're not used to it, like I wasn't that year, 
and they took the jump and they took it so high that it looked like they were going to hit the bridge that I actually <laughs> let out a scream. But when they landed, he landed cockeyed. Uh-oh. And it spun the truck sideways and he literally rolled it. So we actually had an alert on the front straight with the super stadium trucks. Right. And so that was my first one with that one. That was, well, I will always remember that. Um, and then the other one actually was with IndyCar. And a friend of mine was their starter. His name's Paul. And it was about six to seven years ago. And him and I had become friends through, of course, starter experience and everything. And every time I tried to back off and step away from him, he'd go, no, I want you up here next to me. And the one time he pulled me up there, I was watching the cars go by and everything. And I saw this car and I saw something flare in the back. Not knowing what it was, I watched it go by and the car was literally on fire. And so we had, of course, another alert, which I hate alerts. <laughs> but uh, with the last two races, I'm staying away from that word. Um, but yeah, so those are the two that will always stick out in my mind, even when I'm not a starter. Sure. Which isn't anytime soon, I hope. So now your your whole family is involved with the club. Um, Correct. And, and when you come up on race weekends, it's, it's you and your husband and, 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 and your boy. Yes. And, Sammy. Uh, he, he's always, he's always that most helpful kid. Um, and, and that's, t tell us the story of, you know, just how you guys come to the racetrack and, and what, what y'all do. Um, well, Dan is chief of, oh my goodness. Worker services. Worker services. Thank yep. you. I forgot the, the word for it. I'm, I'm here to fill um, in the blanks. Exactly. And he took that position because of Sammy. Our son was at an age where he needed a parent with him and we didn't want to leave him at grandma and grandpa's. So we'll pull up our trailer. Usually if it's a three-day race, we pull it up on Thursday. I'll get there after Sammy gets out of school. And then we'll start working as soon as we get there with setup and everything. Um, and for me, my work actually doesn't start till Friday or Saturday morning, depending, like I said, two or three day weekend. Um, and then Dan's out setting up the track with Bob Jardine, who's FNC chief. So that's pretty much it. And we usually stay in our trailer, but our trailer is being loaned out till further notice. So we're staying in what's called Worker Village yep. this coming weekend. And I love that place. It's set up. I don't have to bring anything but a sleeping bag. So. That's uh, one of the perks of coming to work up at Buttonwillow is uh, yes. we, we offer a place for everyone to all the workers to stay. And yes. uh, it's air conditioned, which on a weekend like the one we're about to get into when it's supposed to be 95 plus each day, uh, the air conditioning is very important. And then, of course, when it's cold out in January, it's heated. Um, there's uh, showers and a little tiny like kitchenette. Yeah. So you're not going to make Thanksgiving dinner there, but uh, you can certainly, you know, warm up your breakfast and there's hot coffee and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. Um, exactly. So really, there's bunk beds to sleep in. Yep. Bring a sleeping bag or sheets. It's yours. Yep, absolutely. So. All right. So this is a good time. We're going to take a break. And uh, okay. when we come back, uh, we're going to go and do Starter 101. Uh, it's basically going to be you treating me like I know nothing, which is not a hard for people to imagine. So uh, we're going to do that. Stay with us. You're watching Inside the SCCA. We're talking about starting. That's next. And we're back on Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Polanski. And uh, we're talking Start 101 with our guest, none other than Cal Club's Chief of Start, Tracy Kane. Tracy, welcome back. Oh, let me turn your microphone on. There we go. Welcome back. Thank you, Brian. All right. So now this is kind of the scenario for those who've listened to our Flagging 101. We've actually done Flagging 201 already. So oh, wow. uh, we will do Start 201 eventually. And um, if there's enough to do a Start 301 to get to the real advanced stuff, we can do that. Um, but uh, so we've done flagging 101, we've done corner working 101, we've done um, we've done solo 101 and tech 101. So uh, now we're going to start 101, um, <laughs> which I'm really looking forward to. Um, 
So the way we do this, folks, if you haven't listened to one of the other ones, is we are going to run through a scenario where I am I am the newbie of all newbies. And uh, I've been to the baby the races once or my friends took me and I've decided I want to become a member and I want to volunteer. And start looks really cool to me. So I pick up the phone or I send an email because nobody picks up the phone anymore. Um, and I say, hey, Tracy, I'm Brian. I'm, I'm a new club member and I want to get involved with start. How do I do it? What's my first thing? And you are going to say. I'm going to say, welcome, Brian, to Cal Club. We would love to have you. And go ahead and come on out. We're having a race this weekend. If you want to come out, you can come out up on the stand. We'll show you the beginnings of what you need to do and what we do. So um, there is one thing, though, because you and I talked before we before we went live. Um, you're going to recommend that I do something before I come to start, though, right? Yes. Um, I do recommend for brand, brand new people that have never worked a race, um, work a corner. And the reason I say that, working a corner deals with all of the same flags, well, almost all of the same flags right. that uh, we as starters use. They deal with the blue flag, which is the passing flag. They deal with the yellow flags um, standing for something that's off track stop or waving for something that is on track partially one wheel or up to four wheels. Um, they deal with red flags, which are alert flags and cars automatically stop. Um, they're supposed to at least <laughs> dealing with black flags. Now that can be a waving black or a uh, warning black. Right. I actually, I take that back. Corner workers don't deal with the blacks. Blackboard deals with the black. Correct. Right. Um, but they don't deal with the warning. They deal with the full one or the meatball, which is a black flag with an orange circle on it. Right. And that's just something mechanical or your pit crew needs you in. Um, but learning those basics is very vital to a starter. And so if you can even get one or two weekends in, highly recommend it. And then come to us and we we would take you in a heartbeat. Right. Um, we do have a new flagger coming in. Um, he's not there this weekend, but he will be next week, the next race. Um, and he has just a little bit of experience as a starter and he has zero experience as a flagger. So what I'm going to do, our chief of F and C, him and I have talked, he's going to take the starter for a day and then he'll work with us for a day. Sure. So it's going to be a split thing that we do. So that is what I recommend for brand spanking new right. people. And just just learn it and learn what the cars can do. Because each car can do different things. And when I say different things, I mean different speeds. Right, right. And you'll learn which ones can go past the other ones and when to use a blue and when not to. Just right. all the little little intricacies as a worker that we use. So um, if if Tracy has told you to go work a corner, before you do that, go to our our, our flagging 101 and watch that <laughs> so you know what's going on. And I, I should also make the disclaimer that when we talk about some flags in this episode, um, each region of the country may use a flag slightly different than we do out here in Cal Club. So right. Um, I, I know you'd mentioned that, uh, the standing yellow is if it's, uh, if it's off the track and, and, and it's waving, if it's on the track, different regions might do that just slightly differently. So, uh, just understand that as we talk here, uh, we'll probably be using a lot of how things are done out here at Cal club. Um, but when you go to another part of the country and a lot of our flaggers and all of our workers go race, uh, and, and volunteer in other regions and other parts of the country. So. It's good to know that um, what you do at your home track might vary slightly when you go to visit another track. So um, I will I'll put that caveat out there. So, OK, so so I've done my weekend or two as a corner worker and I'm now ready and raring to hit the start stand. Um, what what do I bring with me? Let's start really with the basics here. When, when I show up, what do I wear? What do I bring with me? A white shirt. And black pants or dark, dark blue. We will take khaki also. That is a, a, a difference. 
Some people, some groups might not take a khaki. We do, um, especially during the warm months out here. Um, so you need the clothing. If you need a track bag, go ahead. You don't need to bring an ice chest. We at the club supplies water and they also supply lunch. So you really don't need to bring anything besides yourself, a learning attitude and a great spirit for racing. Yep. That's all you need. And the love of the sport that is highly recommended. Yeah. If you don't love the sport or at least have a, have a big interest in it. If you don't love the sport and have an interest in it in a couple of races, you will love the sport. So yes. just come on board and, uh, and join us for that. Um, exactly. So when it's cold out or raining, we, we, you don't, you're not up there, right? So you don't have to bring any special clothes, right? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Especially after this year. Sorry about that. My bad. Um, bring a heavy jacket, preferably not yellow or red, right? but bring a heavy jacket. And like, if you have like, um, waterproof pants, I can't think of the name of what they're called right now, but Rain yeah, pants. uh, that'll work. <laughs> um, bring them because, and boots for the rainy weekends, because when it rains out there, it's like super glue when you walk in it <laughs> and you can't, it's sometimes your shoes go with it. Yep. Been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that you would need to bring. Usually the chief starter and my other co-chief right now, we will bring the flags. We will bring any our number boards. We'll bring anything else that you need. Um, the longer that you're with flagging and everything, you will end up having what we call a track bag. It's like a backpack, and that can have anything that you need for an emergency, like a, a little first aid kit. It can have your poncho in it, um, a little clipboard, something to write on. Um, I'm trying to think what all's in mine. Sunflower seeds, um, bug sunscreen. spray. Sunscreen. Yeah, sunscreen, bug repellent, um, just little things like that. You'll learn what you need the more you do it. Right. Um, I have a rope in mind because when I did um, Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, mm -hmm. from the stand to the ground, you cannot carry anything up. It's too heavy and it's too straight up. Right. So we would toss a rope over the side and hook everything onto it and pull it up. It's just the way it is at some tracks. Right. Um, so that's basically what you would need. Oh, you would need a stopwatch too. Got it. Because for practicing qualifying, the starters keep the time. And we are given a set amount of time from race control and timing and scoring. And then during the races, timing and scoring takes over and they keep the time. But we are the backup timekeepers for it. Sure in case that goes down or anything. Um, I can't think of anything else. I'll probably think of it on Saturday while I'm at the track. Well, and, so. um, you know, we'll probably come up with stuff as we talk here also. Um, one other thing we should note probably also is that most racetrack start stands require you to have the ability to climb some sort of a ladder or stairs to get into the start stand like you said auto club speedway is a straight up literally a straight up ladder um yes. the start stand at butt willow is more like stairs um, especially the new stairs um but it, but everything varies from track to track so you might have a little flight of stairs but they're usually pretty steep and um or you might just have a, a straight ladder to get up there so you just you do have to have the physical ability to be able to get up and down yes Yes. Um, so, all right. So I've now showed up and I've got my little, my, my little starter stand starter set. And okay. uh, I'm ready to come up on a start stand for the first day. And um, usually there's two people on a start stand. Um, one to look one way and one to look the other way. But how do you start teaching that first, first day person? The first person we, my, my co-chief is Chuck. So if you hear me use that name, you know I'm referring to my other my other starter. Chuck and I would actually let let you watch over our shoulders for until like lunch. Okay. Getting the gist of everything. Now, the lead starter is the one that throws the blue flags, the green, and the checker. Your backup starter or Chuck in this case 
he would be watching the other way. Usually he does all the radio calls. Whoever is the backup starter does all the radio calls. Um, he does the number board on any mandatory flags that we have to do, which when I say that, I'm referring to the black, the black flag, either furled or unfurled. Um, and the meatball. And the meatball. Forgot that one. Um, and checker, he, we call in the, fir the first and the last car so that the corners know what to keep an eye out for. But I would let the, I would let you watch over our shoulders. And then at, after lunch, which the first day is usually qualifying after lunch, I would let you, if you felt comfortable, I would talk to you and get the gist. If, are you comfortable with being up front or being in the back? We'd put you on a listen only radio so that you would learn how to make the calls to race control. And we would, if you're comfortable, we would let you step into either position. And you, if you just wanted to do the yellow, which the backup usually, usually does not have much going on. So that would be a good place to start. And then as we, we get into a rotation with three, we would let you come to the front and give the blue flags. We would be there to help you if you're having problems judging cars on overtaking speed. And that would be like a touring car to an H prod. It's gonna be a lot faster. And that H prod, you have to give them a good blue flag to let them know that, hey, there's one coming and he's coming fast. Um, so, so we would do it that way. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, so this is why you recommend or kind of push your new starters to go spend a couple of days as a flagger because all of the skills you're talking about right now are essentially the skills you learn as a new flagger as well. Correct. Exactly. And that's where, like, after the cars come out, after they take the green, we're just a flagging station. We are like anybody else on a corner. We do the same things as they do. So having that um, base of learning with the flags on a turn, you're coming up to us with the experience that we need and that we can build off of. Right. And also you get to spend time, you know, as, as a new flagger listening to the radios and the radio calls that you make as on the start stand, other than, um, you know, halfway and, and the real start specific radio calls are essentially the exact same calls that you make as a flagger. Exactly. Exactly. The only difference being we use a green, which none of the other turns do, and we use a checker, which depending on certain tracks, your start finish can be in separate places. Right. Um, just like we've done when we've done the West Loop Marathon. Um, was that two months ago, three months ago? Right. We ended up separating start and finish, which was fun. I enjoyed it. It was something different that we never do hardly. And I've heard we might be going to do it the mm -hmm. the drivers are asking for it yeah and so that would be fun to do yeah so e even um indycar does that at mid ohio when they go to mid ohio the starter is um the start is on the back straight going down towards the heart right hander in turn five and then the finish stand is right on the front straight um where they do uh right on the pit pits on the pit lane straight so oh, nice and they've uh, they've done that way for as long as i can remember um, and I think they start the runoffs when the runoffs were there, they did it the same way. Um, and it's, it's mostly because that, that front straight at mid Ohio is relatively short. And if you have 60 spec racer Fords or spec Miatas, and you try to start on the front straight, half of them will not even be starting the final two turns before they get to the front straight. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's why they do that there, but everyone wants to see the finish line on the front straight. Cause that's where all the glory is. So, exactly 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 so now there are a few things that i didn't mention that we do train new people on and that is um kind of like lap charting mm -hmm. you'll start with the first car and you'll go all the way through on one lap right in each car down that way we know the order that they're in we know the slow one the slow ones to the fast ones um we also would teach you how to keep time um Trying to think anything else that I'm not covering. I think that's it. Yeah. 
Now, I'm drawing a blank. So, at some point in time, I'm going to get to stand up there with that with that green flag. Yes, that's you know, arguably ha- half of the two coolest things that the starter gets to do. That and start starting the race and ending the race. So, so what's the process of learning what you need to learn to be able to actually start the race? Um, I learned through watching my two mentors and. There are some things that I do look for. And number one, I want you coming at me at a racing at a non-racing speed. If the pace car is out there and he sets your speed, please keep it. Because I don't want you coming at me in your top gear because I will do what is called an abort. And when I do an abort, you got to go around another time before I give a green flag. And I can do it as many times as I want per the stewards up in race control that i know and if i do it two times and you still come at me a third time not not formed up and at a racing speed they will pull the group in i don't like to do an abort right it, it, i hate doing them because i want i want drivers to enjoy the race i want workers to enjoy it that's what we're there for so when they come at me off of the last turn and they're coming to take the green I am looking that they're formed up. And when I say formed up, two cars to a row, not four. (laughs) Well, that never happens. Oh, never. I actually (laughs) had, I will tell you a start that I did. And it happened twice to the same group in two laps. And it was Spec Miata about 10 years ago at Fontana. And they came to take the green. And they were formed up all the way coming up and they went just like this and it looked like a peacock's tail. (laughs) And I had six wide in the front row. And I went, oh, heck no. They got an abort. Well, they came around again and they did the same thing. Right. And I said no. And when they came the next time, we were throwing a black flag on all of them because the stewards wanted to talk to them. Right. And that's what I don't want to do. I don't want that. And with there are certain races that i that i give a green and that and then call in anything that is a miss and that can be one car out of shape or the whole group coming at me at racing speed um hoosier tour and the majors which are two group which are two big races that we have a year and i will if i'll give them a green and afterwards my backup starter, Chuck, him and I will talk. If we've seen anything that we agree on that's not right for a start, we, he will call it in. Sure. Or I will call it in. Um, but once again, we look for formation. I want as many of as all I can of the whole group on the front straightaway. And I don't want you racing. Right. I want you at the pace that that pace car set. Um, and that's what I look for in a start. Right. And we, what we would do with you for your first green flag, we would literally put you in front of me and I would stand behind you. We always kind of hide our green flag. We don't want the tower, which is where all of the crews are. We don't want them seeing that green when it comes out. We kind of want to surprise everybody. And so I would literally tap your shoulder and get tell, and when I tap you, you give the green is how we've done it in the past and that we haven't had a new starter. So we're looking forward to the new one that we have coming next month. So, so that's talk how to, we're going to do it. Tell me what it was like the first time you ever threw a green flag at a race. What's that feel like? It's a rush. Yeah. It's a rush. Um, when I first started, my two groups that I worked with all the time were Spec Racer Ford and Spec Miata. And beings that they're both spec classes, All of the cars are made, not all the cars, but all of the motors are spec, so they're all the same. And so no one usually has an advantage over the other. And so they come at you, and they're in such nice, tight formation, you automatically give a green and just let it go. Right. Now, let me tell you something (laughs) else that's kind of funny. Um, Another Fontana race, and it was a spec Miata group. And I went to give a green, and as my hand went out, my hand went up, and the flag went down. Oops. And it was not in my hand. And it literally dropped to the ground, and I've got 30 Spec Miata cars coming at me. 
And I'm like, okay, we're just going to do this and we'll just get you going. <laughs> it, they- it was so funny, but I have to commend the emergency crew from Fontana. They had a, a truck on the top, on the back end of that group so quickly. They reached out, they grabbed my flag and stuffed it through the fence. All we had to do was drop down and pick it up. It was, it was great, so- but it, I did get a nickname from it. And it's called Butterfingers. Uh. So, and I did get a Butterfinger that that weekend for the the big boo boo that I did. So, but it's fun. I enjoy them. So, so did the group figure out what was supposed to happen and and hit the gas and go? Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, they did. And nobody even stuttered on going. I think they saw the green kind of fluttering down, and they realized that hey, we got a green flag, even though it's on the ground. Exactly. We got it. That's great stuff. Um, so the one thing we should mention is when you when you abort a start, the race starts. So those drivers are losing laps each time they screw up the start. Correct. The time starts. They haven't gotten a green flag till they get to me. And right. then I'll usually, even if I abort it, I will give it the second time and I just call in whatever's wrong. Right. And that can be racing before the green, that can be out of formation. Um numerous things i can't put my finger on though right now right um and and they get called in and they get talked to by by their steward because if i remember right there's usually a steward for each group i don't know if that's still true but um that's how it used to be right so i'm not certain anymore. and and i've seen you and, and other starters especially in really big groups sometimes it's really hard for the back of the pack to be formed up because of just the, the length of the front straight or whatever. So in that situation, a lot of times, as long as you see the first six, seven, ten rows in good shape and nobody's racing, you're going to throw the green flag in that situation. Yes, so. definitely. And then the second most important flag, or the most important <laughs> if you're the one who's in first place, is the checkered flag. Um, that situation, explain the procedures for that to someone who may have never done it before. Um, usually. Timing and scoring will assist us with that in a race. Um, and they will let us know when there's a, a window. Every The leader of a race, will we will take the time of a lap and we will double it. And so as soon as they are within that window of the doubled time, the next time they come by, they get a, what's called a white flag. White flag meaning, and it's a, it's a moving white just gently waving and that means one lap to go once they get that white one lap to go the next time by is the checkered and we will come out with the checkered and give it very energetically to the first three to five cars um by then usually they're straggled out a bit and your arm's starting to hurt so you change (laughs) hands and you keep waving it excitedly and it it's just they fought for that position and so they deserve it even if they're the last car they deserve it they've lasted through the heat or they've lasted through the rain um and it's just a fun time to give it to them it's i enjoy giving the greens i enjoy giving the checkered and knowing some of the drivers that i do in the different groups they like when we get excited and get into it so it's it's fun it's a sure. lot of fun so are there any other things that a, a a new person should know on their first weekend? First off, I suppose show up on time. Yeah, please, please. If- and our morning meetings, be at them. Yeah. They're very informative. Um, we are in with the um, FNC chiefs meetings for all of the workers on the corners. Very, very informative. Um, he goes over some of the flags. If it's been a long time in between races, like we take off with Cal Club, we take off June, July, and August, I think. mostly. Not sure on the June, but I think June, July, and August, or July, August, and September. No, we don't think, yeah. I think we actually, this year, we take off June, July, August, and September. I don't think we come back until October this year. Oh, wow. And, and, and for those who aren't in Southern California, the reason we do that is it is just too dastardly hot um, to it race is. during those times of the year. And we've learned that the drivers will will 
vote by not registering for those right. races. Um, and even <laughs> this weekend, we're supposed to be up in the 90s, which is really unusual for this early in the year. Um, yes. And uh, so I'll be interested to see what our our car, our car counts are this weekend. But yeah. um, but yeah, so we do take that that big break in in, in the summer. So. Yeah. Um, but make the meetings if you can, like we were just talking that big break and then coming back in October. That's a long time to be without flagging and and working with other groups or other people. Um, come to the meetings. The flag chief should go over some stuff that he hasn't in a while and um, listen in on what the other seasoned veterans say that are that are corner workers. It's informative. Even if you make make a friend there and are introduced to people, the flaggers at Cal Club are a family, but we welcome in everybody and we want to get to know you. If we can help you out, we will bring the questions to us because they're not stupid. No question is silly or stupid. We're there to help each other. We're there to learn. And if you're not learning, why are you doing something? Right. Is, is my opinion. If I'm not helping or keeping someone safe, then it's not worth it. Right. I'm there for you. I'm there to keep everybody safe. As long as you don't take me out and I'll stand, I'm fine. <laughs> so, yeah, we won't go there. That's another time. So. So I, I always tell new people, no, no matter what they're volunteering to do, there's two two things that are exceedingly important. Um, maybe three things in, to, to to becoming a successful worker within the SCCA. Um, the first is come wanting to have fun, because yes. that's why we do this. Um, that's right. The second thing is, and you've already touched on it, is ask a lot of questions. Um, yes. There are there are there are no dumb questions. I know that's cliche, but it's true. Um, and um, and then the third thing is um, be a really astute observer and yes. and watch real closely how Tracy does what Tracy does, how Chuck does how what Chuck does or how whomever you're training with, no matter what your volunteer position is, um, watch their mannerisms, watch their their because because all of us who do particular jobs um, when I was a flagger. I did it the same way every time. I came up with a system that worked for me. Now that doesn't mean that you have to do the exact system that I learned that I taught myself to do, but you come up with. But but usually it is your mentor's system that you adopt over time. Right. Um, and then once, if you ever get the chance to go to a different place, I always want people to go to another track to see how someone else does it. Um, cause you might like the way they do it a little bit better and you can bring that back to your own track. Um, so those are all, I have, I have a chance to go to Oregon region and I am so looking forward to it. I have four friends that are up there that are starters and they've wanted me to go since, oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. 2012. They've asked me to go and I just have never had the time and I'm really wanting to go this year. Um, but going as a national starter, which is what my rank is as a national, I can go anywhere in the United States or abroad if I choose to. I just let people know before I go. But like you were saying, Brian, I'm going to go and I'm going to stand back. I'm going to watch how you do it because it might not be exactly the way that I do things. And I don't want to go up there and be doing things totally opposite of the way that they do things. It it's not right and it'll confuse the drivers. Right. But more than that, it'll also confuse the stewards and the people in race control. And you'll end up being called in and that's not fun. Yep. So go and enjoy, but also, like you said, be astute. Be an awesome student of theirs for a day and then get into it. This is a perfect time to take a short break. Um and then when we come back there's one other cool job that the starter does, and I don't even know that Tracy knows what I'm going to go with this, um, but it is kind of, I think, the coolest job. And uh, she's looking at me like, what's he coming Ooh, up with? I might know, but I'm not quite certain. All right. So that's a good tease. We will uh, we will do that when we come back. Stay with us. This is Inside the SCCA. My guest, Cal Club Chief Starter, Tracy Kane. We'll be back in just a minute. 
Welcome back to Inside the SCCA. I'm Brian Polanski. My guest tonight is Cal Club Chief of Start, Tracy Kane. I'm sad. I hear you're not going to be our Chief of Start next year. No, I'm stepping down. I've done it for 13 plus years. And I've got some new things going on in life, so I need to, a little bit of a breakaway. I'll still be in a flagger or starter, whichever way you want to look at it. But I'm just, I need a little bit of breathing room. So I hear you. But Chuck is taking over. And oh my gosh, when he came to start, he was an answer to prayer <laughs> because he's been with Cal Club almost as long as I have, except he came in about a year or two later. Knowledgeable, but also fighter pilot, Navy, I believe. And yeah, he just, was a Marine um, chopper pilot. Yeah, thank you. I knew nope. something in there. I wasn't sure which way to go, though. Um, great guy, good friend, and I'm there to back him up. Well, I'll still be there for him. Cool. But hopefully I can work other areas, too, is what I'm looking to do. Nice, nice. Well, you know, there's always a space for you up in the announce booth. If you, <laughs> if you need help, If give it's me ever a call. too hot, too cold, or too wet. <laughs> I like that, and I might take you up on those rainy days. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Come on up and sit in for a, for a session. That'd be awesome. So there is one other thing, and maybe you figured it out. And not every, we don't do it every race, and every track doesn't always do it the same way. But a lot of times when the race is over, oh, yes. you get to climb down and hand the flag to the winning cars for them to go on their victory lap. And... Look, tell me about the look on the face of a driver who may have just gotten their first ever win when you hand oh, them that flag. Is that not awesome? It, it It's a blast and it's a rush, not only for them, but for us, because we're so excited for them. Yeah, Their team comes down and they literally will jump in the car with them to go on a victory lap. And it, it's just, it's awesome to have the feeling to hand them a checkered flag. It's not the checkered flag, right. but it it's one. And when we do it, it usually, it's a special race and it'll have the name of the event and the dates with the year on it. Um, what is really neat, I've actually had drivers stop on track and hand them to a corner worker. And that is the best thing because that corner worker helped get them through a sticky situation, whether it was a blue flag or helping them with a yellow or something. It's just Yes. Hoosier Tour. Yeah. I'm trying That's to pull one. one. Now, in, in all fairness, I'm going to say I didn't win this. This is a set prop. <laughs> so I don't want to let anyone think I'm like, I'm like, you know, stealing my time and thunder that I didn't earn. Uh, but this is the flag for one of our Super Tour events, I think, last year that uh, I was able to abscond with so that I could have it as a decoration on the set. But um, I love I'm it. Wonder why I'm doing all these. No, it, it's it's a neat feeling to see them do that. And so. what, what's also cool about that, Tracy, is especially when it's a driver who who we've watched come up through the ranks, who we've we've seen from their first race ever, and maybe three, four, five years later they get that first win. And w these these drivers, I mean, we we say this a lot on inside the SCCA that the, the club is a family. Um, yes. we know these people, they become our friends, you know, mm -hmm. we, we feel bad for them when their car breaks or when they get into a wreck and, and, um, and we also, we also win with them when they win. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it's kind of like you do with a family, you cry together, you laugh together and you celebrate together. And that's what we, as Cal club, we do or SCCA. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, Again, I've we've talked about this, or I've talked about this a bunch. I've been I've been racing all over the country because of my career, uh, mm -hmm. up up and down the East Coast, starting in the Midwest, now out here at Cal Club, and that family theme is something that that goes. And no matter where you where where you are uh, racing within the club or working within the club, it's that family thing that keeps all of us coming back. Um, so that's that's really cool. Do you have one last story you can share with us? I know you told a couple stories about Long Beach. Do you have, do you have a club racing story that, uh, that you, can, you can share with us before we head out? I actually do. And it's actually kind of involving racing, but kind of not. Um, right after I had my son, he's 14 now. Um, 
he was still in a stroller and everything. I was working grid at the time, or no, I was actually a starter, but I had went down by grid because I wasn't working in a starter position because of the baby. Um, one of our, I'm trying to think what car he drove, Andy Porterfield. Okay. Drove one of the big cars. I can't even think of it. And we used to call it Battleship Gray. Anyway, I would, if Sammy was upset or kind of fussy, I could go and stand 20 to 30 feet from the back of that car. And just the vibration of the car idling would put my son to sleep. And when I told Andy that, he told me, literally, anytime you need me, come by my pit. I'm there for you. <laughs> That's family. But there is one more thing. If you come to Cal Club and you have an RV, bring it. We do have a little paddock for the worker. It, it's like a worker RV campground. And every night or some nights, we do a campfire and everybody brings a chair and we just sit around talking racing. Whether that's from when you register to when you take a checker to a yellow, we're there for each other and we support each other through everything. But once again, Brian, that's family. Yep. And that's the racing family. Absolutely. Yeah. Those who know Andy Porterfield, he was an absolute legend. And oh, yeah. um, he, he raced mostly Chevy powered stuff. So it was usually Corvettes and Camaros. Oh yeah. And uh, I was actually, I just pulled up the big, the big gray car here. When I was leaning forward, <laughs> I was doing, I was using the Google. Um, oh yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. One of our, one of our Cal club legends. And uh, so cool. Thank you so much. You're um, welcome. It it has been a blast having you on, and and um, and for those of you who are interested in becoming a member of the club and learning more about what we do, uh, go check out any of our 101 series uh, shows. And uh, if there's a 101 series show that I haven't done yet, um, shoot me shoot me an email at raceannouncerbrian at gmail dot com, and I'll I'll find somebody who's smarter than me to talk about it. <laughs> and uh, get them on the show because we're we have a plan to do all of them. We did Rally 101. We've done a bunch, so um, check those out, and we will continue to do more. So, Tracy, I'm going to see you in a couple days up at Buttonwell. Yes, we'll see you later, Brian. Absolutely. All right. So that's going to do it for another episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network or the Racing Network on YouTube. And uh, so you won't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. If it's not, go leave it on someone else's page. Uh, you can follow us on social media. It's uh, at RacingWireNet on Twitter. That's where we find out where the next episodes are. I'm Brian Bolanski. Thanks for being with here. Thanks, thanks for being with us. New episodes next week. Have a good weekend and go play with cards. Hi, I'm Dorsey Schrader, and this is Inside the SCCA. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests, and not that of the SCCA.